Hey there, Live Like Your Nail Color Gals. Today is the last episode in our mini series called Renew for Resilience. We've been talking about topics in your everyday life with the idea that if you and I consider this spring how we can renew these areas, even make a small tweak, we could boost our resilience to whatever may come our way because we'd be more prepared, strong, buoyant, durable, feisty, and quick to recover in this crazy demanding world. Thus far, we've talked with gal pals in the know about decluttering our most used spaces, editing our eating, feeling strong and fit to do all the spring and summer activities you truly want to do, and lightening your home's toxic load. Here's some of the small tweaks I've made that are already making a difference. Because of the episode with professional organizer Ashley Stefanko, I used the activity of swapping out my winter clothes for my spring and summer clothes as an opportunity to declutter my closet. And then I found a new place to donate the extras to. After the episode with integrative nutrition health coach Kelly Lutman, I started eating more protein for breakfast. And that eating tweak is really helping me with my stamina to get back on the bike. Fitness expert Bridget Ken Carlton inspired me to get back to strength training. So I purchased some light weights and decided to use them along with the exercises she, she suggested that I can do in between phone calls and meetings. Because of the episode with wellness advocate Amy Fowler about lightening your toxic load, I decided to change up my bathroom and kitchen cleaning products to ones that are free of the bad stuff. My immune system has enough to deal with. Trust me, all these tweaks weren't planned. I simply decided to listen with an open mind and do one small action ASAP that was calling my name with everything else on my schedule. I'm busy. You're busy. But we're worth it. Today, we're wrapping up the mini-series with a topic that can be kind of loaded with feelings of fear and shame. Something, though, we deal with every day. That's money. Doesn't matter if you have a little or a lot. The real question is, have you taken a moment to look at your financial wellness to consider tweaks you can make in the next 30 days that will positively impact you now and in the future? I've got a perfect gal pal to empower us and to boost our financial resilience. But first, before we dive in, do you know your nail color persona and what it reveals about you? I have a quiz that'll tell you. It's super easy, fun, and spot on. Just go to livelikeyournailcolor.com and click on this button labeled, What's My Nail Color Persona? Answer a few quick questions and in your results, discover your specific nail color persona, your built-in strengths, and how to tap into those strengths when chip happens. Again, go to livelikeyournailcolor.com. Now, let's wrap up this mini-series feeling more resilient than ever. Tired of so much chip happening? Discouraged by so much downer news? Weary from chronic crisis? Don't let the chips keep you down. Welcome to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast where the tips of your fingers and toes are ready to inspire you to not give up and to keep creating the business, career, and life you want. In each episode, we flip the chip and let our fun nail color with that crazy fun name cheer us on to remember our strengths, embrace the power of choice, see life as an adventure, and know resilience is only a touch-up or change-up away. Get ready for a good time and a good laugh with your host, Mary Foley. Hello again, Live Like Your Nail Color Gals. Quick question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being amazing, 
how would you rate your personal financial well-being right now? Now, imagine if that number were higher. How would that impact your personal resilience as the economy and stock market inevitably rises and falls? And what kind of mindset around money would help kick doubts and fears about funding your personal dreams to the curb? It's my observation that we gals definitely want financial security and freedom, but we tend to avoid and postpone giving real attention to our financial life. My hope is that by the end of today's podcast, you are newly inspired to kick your hesitations to the curb and spring some new life into your financial well-being. To help us do that is my gal pal, Mary Ashby. When Mary and her husband, Rob, were in their 30s, they were two state employees with two small kids, barely making ends meet. I bet they would have rated their financial well-being at the time a two. Well, today, Mary is a regional vice president and investment advisor representative with Primerica Advisors. She calls her approach your money GPS, helping to grow, protect, and save for your financial future. What I really appreciate about Mary is that she helps make figuring out your financial well-being practical, attainable, and even fun. Mary, welcome to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast. Oh, thank you, Mary. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad you are too. And I'm glad that, you know, this can be a kind of a touchy topic sometime when we talk about money, but um, it's a great way to wrap up um, the Renew for Resilience mini episode series and uh, and to talk about something and just kind of bring it up like, okay, uh, we can do all the things that I've talked about in this series, like decluttering and reorganizing and editing what you're eating and uh, detoxing your space and, and also getting physically strong. But we need funds to make to make that all happen so as well. So I'm glad you're here today. But you know that before uh, we dive into that conversation, I always ask my guests, what's your nail color persona? And did it nail you? So what is your nail color persona, Mary? So good to um, answer this question because I, um, right now I'm a naked Nelly. And, uh, you know, so not afraid to be my authentic self. So that nailed me. But if I took the time, I would definitely be a solid sister. And that just means that I'm not taking the time to do my nails right now. <laughs> okay, I got it. Now, that's both fingers and toes. Is that correct? Are you, are you usually naked, Nelly? Fingers and toes? Naked, Nelly, all the way around right oh, now. Oh, okay. And so I used to be solid sister. Oh, okay. So that's like your go-to when you're not a naked Nelly. All right. I love that. So you're like authentic all the time, 100% true. <clears throat> What's cool is that actually I you are my first guest who's totally naked or naked, as I like to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> so if, okay, so solid sister, if you're a solid sister or if you say, I'm going to, what, is it normally fingers or toes when you end up putting on polish? Oh, it's both. If I'm if I'm going solid sister, I'm going the whole way. All the way. Okay. So what is a go-to fave color when you are a solid sister? And did that nail you? Oh, now this was a difficult one too. I'm a very complex person. So as my four-year-old, one of my four-year-old grands would say, uh, my favorite color is rainbow. Well, I'm not going to put rainbow on my nails, but Purple would be number one. 
Uh-huh. But then when I think about it, I'm like, oh, I love fuchsia and I love red, bold <laughs> reds. So I think rainbow. Rainbow might do it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> he was right. Well, actually, you know, this isn't so much. A, okay. So a solid sister could do rainbow by every toe being a different color of the rainbow. Did you know that? Right. I mean, this is something that your four-year-old grand would appreciate as well. Definitely. I was just, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, yes. there are kind of nail designs that have a rainbow that go from toe to toe to toe. All right. Well, I, I appreciate then that you are colors of the rainbow authentically. All right. So you are true and true uh, when it comes down to it, which is great for someone that we talk to when it comes to about money. And, uh, and so I want to dive into that because you help people every day with their financial wellness. So how do you define financial wellness? Let's start there. You know, I think the biggest thing um, to financial wellness is having a plan. And I think that that's what a lot of people are missing. They go through their financial life sort of um, haphazardly or that, you know, things come up and they respond or react to them. And when you have a plan, you know, all set out on paper that you want to achieve, you know, goals you want to achieve, timeframes, deadlines, all of those good goal planning techniques applied to your money, then, you know, that really gives you sound financial wellness. Once you have the plan, you got to follow it too. Yeah, there so is that sort of, you know, <laughs> that second step, right? And so following that plan and implementing that plan is so important. And then that third component to financial wellness that still all revolves around having a plan, in my opinion, is reviewing that plan and knowing that sometimes you're going to modify it. And that modifications will be necessary. So, you know, going back to it, looking at where you are right now, you know, what do we need to change or upgrade or, you know, anything that like that that needs to be made in order to change your goal uh, or move towards your goals. Those goals may have changed, you know, in the last year, five years. Well, exactly. That's what I think this idea of renewing for resilience to me was is about. This whole mini series is looking at different areas of our lives that are everyday, affect our everyday lives and going, let me relook at this. You know, it, it, spring is the time of renewal. It's a time of refresh, right? So when it comes to money, it, that makes sense too. I mean, you know, women tend to be planners. Not every woman is a planner, right? I tend to think planners rule the world, okay? Because they have something going and then they're like, something comes up or something changes. They're like, I got it. I got a plan. We can adjust. Here's how we go. That said, women and money can be a complicated relationship. And so I'm curious from your experience, how important is money to women? And what do you find they care about the most when it comes to financial well-being? I mean, you've talked to a whole lot of women and men, you know, and, and a lot of clients. So give give us that perspective. You know, um, resilience is such a good uh, topic. You know, going back to that plan, I think sometimes people, especially planners, are sometimes afraid to modify things or, 
you know, they've got this plan and they've got to be rigid with it. But no, you know, give yourself some grace and um, know that modifications are a good thing to achieving your goals. And that resilience, that bouncing back is so important there too. But, you know, women and money can be a very complicated relationship, as you said. But what I like for uh, people to remember is that money is just a tool to accomplish the goals that you want to have. You know, sometimes we can get fixated on how much money do we make? How much are we saving? And those things are good. But just remember that money is a tool. And, you know, I think about you know, a lady I've helped in the past, um, and she was uh, in her 50s, single lady. But, you know, her biggest goal was she wanted to be able to retire when her mother needed her to help take care of her. I can so totally relate to similar to Just your saying. story. Exactly. Oh, my story right now to go like put a pause on so a lot of things that revenue producing. So I, only because of time so I can focus on mom more. Yeah, I get it. Right. And, you know, and so, you know, in the early stages when, you know, we knew that was the goal, it was like, okay, then you really need to max out every option that you have available to you for uh, retirement. And that really helped her to stop overspending, but she never felt like she didn't have enough money, but she was maxing out her retirement plans. And when her mother needed her, she was able to, you know, retire. And that was just, that was, gee, um, got so much joy from that and being able to accomplish that goal. And her mother is no longer with us, but now she's using those funds she worked so diligently to accumulate to, you know, travel and do some of the really fun things that she wants to do. Um, now in this stage of her life, you know, other things that, um, you know, when it comes to women and money, and these are things that we've heard, but we need to be reminded is that, you know, women are most likely going to have a longer lifespan. So we need money to last for a, a lot longer than maybe our male partners, siblings, whatever. And so we really, you know, need to focus on that accumulation um, and growth of that money. And the other thing is long-term care. You know, the single um, women, like the woman I just talked about, you know, has no children. So she, you know, really is concerned about, you know, what might happen later in her life when she may need someone to take care of her. Um, and so long-term care needs. So we have to, and that, that's an expensive proposition right there. So making sure that we've got that covered. And then the other thing is, is that women do prioritize security. You know, we we want to feel secure. And I definitely, that was a, a big part of my story years ago. And, um, but they're also resilient. So that is good too, because uh, they can bounce back from, uh, you know, 
events in life that might have put a damper on them, but they can bounce back from that. And, you know, finding a plan, a way to bounce back is always important, too. It is deliberate, though, right? This is this is also uh, we have to have a plan. And I love what you just said about oh, it's OK. You can modify it. You know, and that's the one of the aspects of, of resilience. And, and it also takes the pressure off that you have to get it exactly 100 percent right. I mean, there is no 100 percent right. There's probably right right now it works. But then circumstances change and and therefore the plan and and the uh, preparation have to change um uh, i'll tell you from personal experience just i had a conversation yesterday um with a sibling and my father about long-term care about their long-term care and i literally he, he handed me the policy to just look at some of the the things and it was dated literally 20 years ago so 20 years ago they bought a long-term care policy now, just, you know, heads up, like they're in their late 80s. So they did this in their late 60s. And my dad looked at me, no kids, right? And I, yeah, recently got married, but, you know, Bill's older than me. And he's like, you have a long-term care policy, right? Because <laughs> he wants to make sure. I said, yeah, dad, <clears throat> I bought one. At, or You know, I started because it's when I started one at 49 years old. And when I did, I thought it was weird to think about long-term care at that age. And yet I had to project forward and go, what's the likelihood that it's just going to be me if I'm able to, God willing, and the creek don't rise, live that long. And I outlive all these other people in my life who are older than me. And I have no you know, kids. And even if you have kids, there's no guarantee, right? So that's not really a plan, but you feel like you might have somebody in there to help you. Um, anyway, it does bring me some security and some peace of mind. And at least I have a plan. Will it cover everything? I don't know for sure. So I keep reviewing the whole picture, but having something versus not, uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm really working on the health thing to live longer. Okay. Just so I'm doing the, the editing, my eating, we talked about earlier in other episodes and also strength training. So I'm working on that plan. So I got to have the funding plan to support that. So what are, that kind of brings up, what are some of the common speed bumps or misunderstandings women experience around money and their financial life? Okay, that's a good question. You know, most of us um, were not taught the rules of money. If we were, um, grew up in households that handled money well, that, um you know, you saw good role models in your parents, man, that puts you way ahead of other people. And, you know, I think about, you know, when I was growing up, one of the great things that I learned from an early age, because I was also someone, you know, I started working when I was 15 and because I wanted, you know, pocket money, I wanted money, but I had to save for half of every big expense. If it was a prom dress, if it was a trip to Europe, you know, I was paying half of that. So I had to save. So my parents quickly taught me, you know, how to be a saver. So, you know, I feel very fortunate um, that they, you know, I grew up with that kind of a mindset. So I was a saver for things, you know, looking toward the future. What do I need to, you know, what do I want to do? How much money do I need for that? So that whole saving. So really learning those rules of money, because, you know, one thing that 
is so true is, you know, just when you know better, you can do better. And um, because of that, what happens is, you know, you um, women, you know, really feel concerned about their personal finances. You know, so there I think uh, there's more anxiety around personal finances because they don't know the rules of money. And, you know, another speed bump is, you know, express, you know, women express the, the you know, the um, finances, they incite anxiety, like I just said, but it also affects their physical well-being sometimes. And we all know how those, you know, um, constant stressors can, you know, be, um, affect our physical well-being. You know, another speed bump for women, too, is that they use more conservative investment approaches. And over the long term, you know, that um, can be a, a sort of a drag on their overall accumulation of wealth. And, you know, another thing, if you think about women, is sometimes, um, you know, Family is one of the most important um, aspects of their business. So they stop and start their careers around their family. We already talked about elderly parents and taking care of them, but also when their children are younger. A lot of times, you know, women will go part time or even, you know, stop. And so, you know, that stopping and starting, so that puts a break on retirement plan contributions a lot of times. And sometimes people in this, you know, we're focusing on women, but this applies across the board. But, you know, people will say, you know, oh, well, I only have, you know, X number of dollars in my retirement plan. You know, I'm leaving that company. I'll just take that money out and pay the taxes and penalty. And, you know, that's not always the best idea, but that is what happens that, there's more frequent withdrawals from those uh, qualified retirement accounts. So those are you know, some of the big uh, speed bumps that I see for women over uh, the time that I've been you know, working um, in this industry. Uh, those are really practical. And what I, one of the things I was thinking about was that, you know, I, I, three of two of those are around um, months around mindset, the anxiety or the impact of uh, not not addressing your financial well-being, not really coming up with a plan you feel confident in and really understand, get anxiety and you can have, and that can have a, a physical well-being component that it impacts negatively. And, and really that uh, it's learning the rules of money. I know that my very first financial advisor, my early thirties, I thought, I didn't really know much about the rules of money. I certainly knew about saving and spending. I will tell you that because there's things I wanted to buy, right? Kind of a thing. And I, I knew what my salary was and I under, was starting to understand how taxes are taken out from that and such. But I didn't know much more than that. And when I started working with my financial advisor, I said to him, okay, so I just want you to know that <clears throat> uh, here's what I'd like to do. Once a month, um, I'd like to have a conversation uh, for about an hour or so. And, and uh, I'm going to ask you lots of questions because I need to learn a lot. So I was like, he didn't know, but I'm like, I've signed you up to be my teacher, right? Kind of a thing. And uh, I stopped feeling bad that I didn't know, right? Because why would I know? I mean, there's not a lot, of, there were none of my 
female friends who was who were just like buying books or you know taking courses on financial management and understanding all these terms that we'd heard or I some I didn't even hear I didn't understand. So let's go to some other practical actions that maybe we can just do in the next thirty days to rejuvenate okay. our financial wellness so we can stay resilient. So we're not trying to rock the whole world. <laughs> we're just looking at tweaks or things that we can um, to think about or some practical actions we can take in the next 30 days. What would you suggest? Um, before we go to that question, I'm going to run back to the use more conservative investment approaches. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I want to... The reason that that happens a lot of times is just that whole lack of knowledge. And, you know, I really applaud you for picking your advisor's brain, you know, monthly for a time period to really learn things because uh, that, you know, I take a whole education approach with my clients too. I want them to understand, you know, um, how the rules of money work. And so anyway, that whole knowledge piece is so critical. But now to the practical actions, you know, I think one of the things that you could do right now, next 30 days, and it is critical, is go review all your um, accounts and see who you have listed as both the primary and contingent beneficiaries. Now, this is critical because this might be something that you set up um, 20 years ago and things have changed. Um, and, you know, so making sure that you've got those exactly the way you want them. Uh, you know, children who are now old enough to be listed um, as either the primary or contingent beneficiary. You, that, um, you know, for me, I, with my kids, I had originally decided that um, they definitely, if something had happened to Rob and I early, they were not getting any money um, without the say-so of a trustee until they were 25. Now, I've sort of, I've rethunk that one. I know that's not a word, but, um, you know, but Rob has convinced me that they are both mature enough and, and will be gone so that they can, you know, get the money now. But we had not listed them as um, contingent beneficiaries on our accounts. And we recently went back and did that. So, you know, that just is an example of things that change over time that you may not um, have done. So. Another thing is, um, I would really encourage um, everyone listening to this, if you don't already have a trusted advisor you're working with, to really go ahead and uh, start researching that. Because a lot of people think either, one, they don't have enough money, or two, it's going to cost way too much uh, to work with an advisor. And that may not necessarily be the case. And, you know, really, you don't want to go it alone. Um, it is you know, critical to have a knowledgeable, trusted person in your corner. So, um, you know, some of the things I think about is, you know, giving perspective to uh, goals and timeframes is a good thing an advisor can do. 
uh, be an accountability partner. You know, those um, annual checkups that, you know, let's look at where you are and, you know, having that accountability. You know, in your, I have a um, person that I've recently started working with who was like this. She's in her 30s and um, she had just gotten a new job making twice as much money as she had in her old job. And so she had this big income flux. um, And plus she was getting bonuses on top of that. So just a whole lot more money coming in. And she was somebody who, um, you know, sort of if the money's in the account, it's there to be spent. So she had already, before I started meeting with her, made some really good decisions like with her 401k contributions and things like that. But she had some old retirement plans that were out there from previous jobs. And she also had this um, pesky credit card balance that was out there that she just really did not like that she had um she hadn't been able to pay that off. So that's with the pesky credit card balance. I enter as the accountability partner. And I'm actually touching base with her every couple of months. What's the balance on that card? Have you been sticking to your plan? Because that was one of the things I really encouraged her to do is to come up with a budget. She'd never really had a budget. She knew how much she spent for some, um, you know, the big bills, the electricity, the rent, the things like that. But she hadn't looked at those annual expenses like um, car repairs and gifts and, you know, car tags and insurance, things you might pay on an annual or a not regular basis over the course of a year, you know, sat down, really looked at those costs, divided it by 12. And what I encourage people to do is open up a savings account and just stick that money in there every month. Treat those irregular bills like a bill and a monthly bill. And then, you know, when the bill comes, you can get a, um, you have the money sitting right there in the savings, move to checking and pay it. So, you know, those were some things I did to help her. So, you know, just sort of that working with an advisor, but also you could, you know, do a complete review of your financial situation. We just finished taxes. Uh, So, you know, you've got all your financials uh, that you had to, you know, put together your tax return. So, you know, really look down, take stock, you know, what are your retirement plan balances, uh, that type of thing. And the fourth thing that you could do right now is, you know, really uh, decide on a focus area. And these are some areas I'm just going to throw out. Uh, We talked about budgeting already. And, you know, sometimes that's a, a dirty word. But it really does help to write down on paper or in a spreadsheet electronically, however you want to keep it, that, you know, exactly how much money is coming in every pay period and where is that money going out and include everything you spend money on. Go back, look at your uh, credit card, debit card statements and really, you know, look at all of that. And you know, how much you spend in eating out or on kids activities or whatever. And so, 
budgeting might be an area. You know, you really, you feel like you need to tighten up on that one. Uh, protection, you know, just making sure that all your insurance policies are what you really need. And again, I'm I'm recommending next 30 days, pick one of these areas. You know, emergency fund, focus on getting, um, if you don't have a minimum of $2,000 sitting in a savings account for, you know, unexpected emergencies, have a yard sale, you know, go out there, find some things you can sell on Facebook Marketplace, but get um, $2,000 in savings as quickly as possible. And can I ask you real quick, why 2000 yeah. Well, you know, 2000 if you think about it, will cover a lot of emergencies that come up in terms of, you know, car repair, an unexpected, let's say, our power bill, you know, it's been higher. You know, it'll cover some of those expenses so that you don't have to go to credit to pay them. And so this is a great place to start while you get that um, budget or cash flow plan in place so that you begin saving for those things on a regular monthly basis. The uh, debt elimination, that might be an area of focus for the next 30 days. You know, how, what kind of debt do I have? What really study that? Um, that is an area um, like I, the client I spoke about, you know, you know, it was pesky. It wouldn't go away. Okay, well, how how can we get that taken care of? Long-term savings might be the area of focus you want to work on. Those longer-term goals, you really start to focus in. How much do I need to be saving every month to have X number of income per month uh, in retirement or when I don't want to have to work for a paycheck anymore? That's an interesting thing. I'm hearing a lot of people say, well, I'll always do something. I'll always work. Well, when do you not want to have to be reliant on that paycheck? College savings is another area. And then estate planning. And that's where that beneficiary sort of falls under that too, but it's a much bigger picture. And I'll just mention with the estate planning, if you're um, married for a second time, you, you have children from different marriages, that is really something you need to uh, look at uh, and really make sure you have the proper estate plan in place to uh, make sure that no one is unintentionally disinherited. So those would be some things. Next 30 days, pick one or two of those. Don't try to tackle all of them, but pick one or two and you know really focus on them to, you know, Give some um, renewed life to your, you know, financial game plan. I really appreciate the specificity of ideas because if it's one thing I find that a lot of myself and a lot of women like is give me the exact details and some steps here. Some pra- and then I ask practical actions. You deliver some practical actions, Mary. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I can, I'm glad you emphasize that. Just pick one because if I looked at this whole list and I was making notes as you were talking, I'm like, that's a lot of stuff. They're all important though. So I guess what I was going through is, have I done that? Have I done that? Have I done that? Ooh, I need to look at that a little bit more. And and I'd say pick the one that kind of jumps out at you that right now made you go, ouch, inside, because <laughs> they're all important. But this is about 
re- reviewing and renewing, and it's not necessarily to be totally comprehensive this spring, but at least to to get started um, and at least address. Because hey, we do a lot of other things that annually we look at, so why not this, right? But right now, I know there's a lot of uncertainty in the economy in the business marketplace. I guess really there's always that it feels like, but you know, right now there definitely is. What should we be looking out for or to keep in mind as we take any of these actions in the next 30 days? You know, one of the things that um, really is jumping out in the news headlines, excuse me, is the number of layoffs going on right now. Big businesses. And if you haven't been affected by that yet, know that it could happen. And, you know, so really focus in on, you know, what are you spending money on? What can you cut back right now? How can you save more money and make sure you have even a bigger emergency fund in place, like maybe three to six months bare bone living expenses and really focus on getting to that level in case you do have a time period where you don't have that income coming in or as much income. So that is one thing right now. The other thing is, is, you know, just have a long-term perspective. You know, this is market, um, the, the market cycles and your emotions like the end of 2021 were probably very optimistic. But, you know, now after, you know, 14, 15 months of what we've been through, you might have very pessimistic um, options or opinions right now of everything. But take a long-term approach. Don't think of just the last month, the last year. You know, be thinking 5, 10, 20 years out right now. Uh, third one, be disciplined. And when I say that is continue doing what you've done to get you where you are, if it's been positive, like dollar cost averaging concept. And that's just your contributing to those retirement accounts on a regular basis, every paycheck, every month, whatever the case might be. Continue doing that. And um, then the disciplined approach, think diversification too, that, you know, you don't have all your eggs in one basket when it comes to the uh, market, the savings, everything. And just one last little thing to remember, and this is probably something you've heard before, but just to remind you that it is really time in the market, not timing the market that counts. So, Keep those huh, four nice. little ideas. Yeah, the timing, time in the market. So the long-term plan, right? The the long-term perspective as well versus, oh, I got to, you know, we got to make this change immediately right now. Are we going to hit the top of a particular stock price? I mean, that's usually when I think about, you know, about when the market's up and the stock market's up or the stock market's down, what would you do? And like maybe chill a little bit and then have, have a, a longer-term plan um, with a trusted advisor. And this is why I... I got a, a, a financial advisor early, earlier. I wish I, had, I wish I had done it actually when I was in my twenties, right? But I didn't have that 
advice. It wasn't it wasn't something that was emphasized. So I'm glad I did it at least in my 30s. And I'd say any gal listening right now, no matter what your age, if you don't have one, start now. Even if you're like, I don't have enough money. No, you you don't have the uh you don't have enough knowledge to know whether or not really you have enough money, but you can what can happen over in the in the long term or even in the short term. So uh, I'm so glad we we hire and we we pay to help people with all other aspects of our lives. Cleaning our house sometimes, car maintenance you mentioned, you know, insurances. Um, sometimes we need some legal advice. That uh, we pay for coaches and business advice. We should do this here. In fact, to me, this is like foundational to making all those other things even possible. So why would I look at it as an expense? Well, it is something I pay for, but I'm going to pay more. That was, this is my opinion. I said, I'm going to pay more likely if I don't do get a trusted advisor who knows more than I do. That's just bottom line because I'm not going to make all the right decisions or uh, and that might make bad decisions of, of action, but probably I'd make bad decisions on interaction, frankly. Um, so uh, I just throw that out there because I really do think that what we do not do enough of as women is look at our financial well-being. And that's why I said, I know at the beginning, I'd like to get your perspective on this. Abraham Lincoln said, I love this quote, in the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. And I'd always heard that quote, but I didn't know it was Abraham Lincoln who said that. So, uh, it, in, you know, maybe it's something we've already really done, uh, talked to, but whether it's economic uncertainty or getting close to retirement or having a health concern, What's the mindset about money that we need to have a ton of life in our years? Okay, I have three things. The first one is live below your income. You know, have more money than month. And that will really help with some of the uh, roadblocks we talked about earlier, especially like the anxiety when it comes to money. And, um, you know, so definitely live below your income. Number two would be always be saving. And whether that's a long-term goal, uh, your annual expense fund, your emergency fund, but always be putting money away, even if you think it's a small amount every paycheck, always be putting money away. And then I've said this already. You know, money is a tool, use it wisely. So those would be the three things that I, you know, I think could give you a whole lot more um, life in your years. Well, it sounds like those, those, that kind of perspective is I can like basically, basically take a big exhale and enjoy the life that I have and not worry, am I going to have enough money, you know, for, for my life? So I appreciate that. Mary, you've been doing this several decades now. Um, well, as a, as a trusted advisor, several decades plus. But even before that, in your own life, you've been figuring out this, what will it take to have financial well-being? What was the moment in your journey that inspired you to do what you're doing now as a trusted advisor? Well, you know, it was uh, about 26 years ago. I had recently received my MBA and I was handling our family finances and thought 
I really thought I was doing a good job. You said I probably would have given myself a two, but I probably would have given myself a seven or an eight. I thought I was doing a good job. (laughs) Okay. All right. But then I met a financial advisor and uh, he sat down with Rob and I, really looked at our overall plan. And I found out I probably wasn't a two, not a seven or an eight. (laughs) And that was a a pill to swallow. Might have been a bitter pill. And, um, but, you know, when I learned, began to learn those things, I was just like, ooh, I want to teach other people about this. I really want to take that education and knowledge. I want to learn more, but I want to teach other people. And so that's what really kicked it off for us 26 years ago when, you know, just that eye-opening experience of learning that, yeah, I really was a two when it came to handling money. (laughs) But I love the fact that you wanted to convert that not only just for yourself, but for others. And, you know, because you probably looked around and said, there's a whole lot of people just like Rob and I. There's a whole lot of people who might might think we're better off than we are in terms of our financial planning and, and well-being, but also there's a whole lot of people who are at this you know, age and stage of life that uh, are working hard and think we're doing the right thing, but man, we could actually be doing better um, than than realizing without realizing it. So it kind of goes back to that, like you said, that education, that awareness, that understanding. Um, This has been great. I mean, I've taken a lot of personal notes and I'm asking myself as you're talking, as you were talking and some of the specific things, am I doing that? Am I doing that? Do I need to look at that again? So thank you for that. And I would encourage every gal listening. um, You can even replay (laughs) this uh, conversation with Mary. If you, if you want to listen again to the, the, the the more specifics and take your own notes, Um, but at least pick one thing to review uh, one thing to take a deeper dive and for you to take some time this spring for your financial well-being. It is just like it is just as important as decluttering or looking at what you're eating and looking at your exercise plan and and looking at um, what you need to do to, to take some toxins out of your life and lighten that load. So I, I really, really encourage that. Now, Mary, you know, that at the end of every one of my podcasts and my conversations, I always ask my guest, all right, let's talk some nail color again. If you could create a nail color name to inspire us to rejuvenate our financial wellness, what would that name be? Solid Sista. <laughs> all right. So that was, this is a diff, this was a difficult one. I've got a lot of things written down, but I think it's on track. Oh, okay. Tell me more. Why is that? Well, I, just think that with that plan, that, you know, being on the right road, on the right track, so on track. Okay. I love that. On track and and on the track to financial well-being. Now, if someone listening today wants to get in touch with you, wants to reach out, what is the best way for them to do that? You know, the best way is probably my email address, which is M for Mary, M. Ashby, my last name, A-S-H-B is in boy Y, at Primerica.com. And I know that'll be in the show notes. I probably didn't need to spell that all out for you all, but it'll be in the show notes. And then, um, you know, my website, MaryAshby.com, there is a 
trailer video there. Um, so check it out. Uh, you learn a little bit about me. Some of the things we talked about today are in that, but you'll learn more about why I'm excited to help clients every day. Thank you so much. It's been great, Mary. Hey, and every gal listening, one last thing. Uh, financial compliance is essential for all financial services organizations. So here's what I want you to know. One, the opinions expressed are not necessarily the opinions of Primerica. Primerica representatives are independent contractors and not employees of Primerica. Representatives must obtain all appropriate licenses and appointments prior to making a sale or receiving a commission. Primerica representatives are not financial or estate planners or tax advisors. For related advice, individuals should consult an appropriately licensed professional. Content referenced here herein does not constitute investment advice. And dollar cost averaging is a technique for lowering average cost per share over time. Dollar cost averaging cannot assure a profit or protect against loss in declining markets. Investors should consider their ability to continue to invest in periods of low price levels. Okay, that should cover it like a second coat of polish. And now for the after party I call Flip the Chip, where I take a few moments to highlight something my gal pal shared that can help us all flip a challenge or a difficulty that's holding us back into something more positive that helps us move forward. What I want to highlight today is Mary's practical list of suggestions that you could take in the next 30 days to rejuvenate your financial wellness so you can stay resilient. She said, just pick one. I'm like, okay, maybe two that stand out to you. And here's her list. Number one was to review all your financial accounts and check who is listed as the primary and contingent beneficiary because your situation and the people listed may need to be updated. Number two, get a trusted financial advisor if you don't already have one. Do not go it alone. An advisor like this can give you a perspective and accountability that you may really need. Number three, do a complete review of your financial situation with your financial advisor. Now, this can sound really big if you don't have a financial advisor. So get them involved and just ask them for their guidance on how to do a complete review. And number four, she said, was decide on a focus area. So she actually gave quite a few uh, different focus areas. And I'm going to list them off for you. And one may jump out for you. Create a budget if you don't already have one. Make sure all your insurance policies sufficiently protect you. Create an emergency fund with at least $2,000. Create a debt elimination plan. Create a long-term saving strategy for long-term goals. Create a college savings plan if you need one. And start with doing some estate planning which by the way, I can tell from my own experience, you you can do that more easily by reaching out (laughs) to someone who's a professional at that as a way to get started. And as always, you can also use your nail color to cheer you on. Simply put on a new nail color, fingers or toes, and give it the name on track, as Mary suggested, so that every time you look at your fingers or toes, you're reminded that you can put yourself on a track towards your financial well-being, which goes to show. You can make good choices to keep creating the career, business, and life you want. One step, one nail color at a time. I look forward to being with you next time on the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast.
Thanks for listening to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast. Ready to live and laugh more? Know a friend who could use some of that too? Then subscribe at livelikeyournailcolor.com or your favorite podcast app. And share this episode right now with the person who popped into your mind. Together, let's flip the chip to be stronger, smarter, and happier. 